You ready for a crazy intro? Yeah. This is a new moon in the winter of 2015, and this is the Knife Journal Podcast. Listen to us, and your tastes will be shifting. I'm the Prince of Parangs, and my co-host is James Noka, otherwise known as the King of Knives. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is episode 66. Let us take you on a journey. Route 66. Yeah. <laughs> this is Route 66 where everybody gets their kicks. We gave we gave them a crazy intro today. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Welcome aboard, everybody. Yeah. So uh, we'll do a, a quick one today. We are we are live from, uh, I can't remember what this room is called. This room actually has an official name. I think it was a living room at one time. It was a music room. That's what it was. Okay. It was the official music room. Yeah, we're at. Uh, I'm at actually up in Michigan, enjoying this uh, glorious winter weather. It's it's seeing and seeing the numbskulls firsthand. <laughs> hey, you need to get out of here. He heard the podcast, and here he <laughs> here he comes. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Don't you dare! There you go. <laughs> so uh yeah i'm just up enjoying the beautiful winter and in, in michigan up here had a little dinner good stuff we made an awesome dinner last night it was pretty damn incredible steak pasta salad it was good some adult libations yeah uh jolly pumpkin yeah which is a couple bottles of wine yeah you, <laughs> i don't Double vodkas. wine <laughs> I, I don't do the wine thing so much because it uh, something in the wine does not agree with me. Yeah, but, so uh, we had a real nice dinner last night, though. It was pretty exceptional. Yeah. So let's see. There was a since we interviewed Kevin Estella, there's a lot of stuff that was on the list to talk about last week that we didn't get to, and then we lost some audio. Yeah, I screwed it up. <laughs> so uh, I forgot to push record. Where to start? Maybe an update on the uh, winter survival kit for your car. Remember that guy asked that question? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you had a flat tire. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we were talking about different things to put in your, you know, normally you have like blankets and you have, like in my Jeep, I have a, I have a stove. I have a, I have a uh, um, one of those uh, Svea stoves. And, um, you know, I could melt snow. I have a little cup and stuff like that. I have a couple MREs, wool blankets, um, extra pair of boots, extra pair of socks, you know, just stuff that I probably could live out of my car for a couple days if I had to. And, uh, and one of the things that we talked about was uh, fix-a-flat, having fix-a-flat in your car. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you can have a... A can of fix-a-flat may or may not get you out of a jam, depending on how bad your blowout is. Right, and so, is. so I, it was like 20 below, and I was in the middle of nowhere, quite a ways from a civilization or a gas station or anything like that, and the tire went flat. 
And I can change a tire in under 10 minutes, but I just wasn't looking to do it out in the middle of nowhere on an icy road with the wind blowing and all this. So I got in my trunk and I always, in the winter time, I keep fix a flat in there just in case. And so I crossed my fingers, blew up the tire and uh, it held. And then I continued on my journey and then uh, I was able to change that tire out on uh, like a couple of days later when it warmed up. And I didn't have to deal and with it. And it never lost any poundage in that, huh? Well, towards the end, um, the uh, check tire pressure light went on. That was after after a couple days. I think the nail or whatever was in there started like grinding again or something. But by then, it was warmer, and I was in a spot where it was easier to change the tire. But So I, that's one thing I usually keep in my car is a can of Fix-A-Flat. The other thing is a uh, portable... Um, battery charger, you know, that battery uh, booster, yeah, that so you can jump your car or whatever if you need to because it's your car is gonna have problems when you least want it to. <clears throat> I always so. find that I end up using that stuff for other people, yeah, helping other people out, but yeah, and, and then the, really the other easy. thing we talked about, and after you had posted that thing about on Facebook about uh, the fix a flat, you know, people were chiming in about how to light one up. How to light a tire up. And, yeah. And we were laughing because it's stuff that we've done quite a bit. A lot of times when you're four-wheeling, if you reduce your air and your tires too much, sometimes you'll roll them off the rims and yeah. you're stuck in the middle of nowhere and you either have to change the tire or air your tire back up and you got to, and the beads broke on it. So um, we used to set set the beads with, uh, um, we used to set the beads with um, uh, starting fluid. You'd spray starting fluid around the rim and then throw a match at it. And, uh, you know, you basically would fill the inside of the tire up with starting ether. Yeah. And then um, throw a match on it, and it goes, <laughs> and it blows up. The, it's instantly, instantly, instantly reinflated your tire. Yep. Tire. And it sets, the, it sets the bead. And that's what, uh, that's what you're, when you, if you have a compressor, a lot of times you can't blow enough air out of a 12-volt compressor to actually set a bead on the tire yeah so you use the use the uh, ether to to get it to pop or like your uh your lawnmower i did this on a lawnmower a while ago uh and on my i've had to do it on a snowblower um you know if the tire gets low enough then there's no you can't there's one way to do it where you take a rope and kind of tie it yep. around the outside of yep. it and then, yep. then inflate it and that puts enough pressure well, a lot of times you have to you can't, a lot of times you can't tie it by hand enough. Yeah. So you, a lot of times you put like a wedge in there and twist it up. Yeah, that's that's what I've had to do before. <clears throat> I've done tractor tires, which, the, believe me, the ether is much, much easier than doing this. I've taken um, ratchet straps on a tractor yeah. tire and ratchet strap it up. And then I've taken chains and a chain binder and <laughs> anything to get the tire to to get close to the rim and up to, it, yeah. yeah. And then so that a little bit of air can can keep it charged, but um, but by far the easiest is um, ether. Yeah, a little starter fluid. Yep, but don't try fluid. that at home because you'll blow yourself up because you're stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, it's only it's only for uh, real men to do. <laughs> no hipsters allowed. Um, let's see. Murph sent me an email, or actually Murph called me. He's oh. excited about this uh, new thing. Uh, it's called the Go Ruck Challenge. 
and it's a race where you it's a lot of it started by some military guys mm -hmm. and you go for 24 hours with a pack on and they have like a gear list that you can bring and what you can't and but um murph had a good point about this that uh, uh if you do it if you have something to train for and something that's going to hold you accountable if you don't train then you're a lot more likely to be successful. So like when I'm running and running uh, seriously, I always enter races just because you're going to die on a, on a, you know, half marathon unless you, you know, don't, don't skip days and, you know, you gotta, it, it holds you more accountable. So that was a pretty good point he made. Um, Rambo knife news, uh, Lon Humphrey, of course, we talked about that with Kevin. The girly hands, uh, no point. <laughs> uh, what else do you know? Do we get any other email? Yes. <clears throat> I have one right now from uh, Anthony. It says, hi, Jim and Kyle. Some comments and a question for the next podcast. Um, my image of a last Rambo knife, an old West Bowie type knife, without gimmicks like hollow handles and serrated sawbacks, but exaggerated features, sweeping clip, big brass guard, modern handle scales. Since this is allegedly the final Rambo film, it would circle back to the first blood knife, but with a Western American 21st century origin. Something about the clip point stirs an uneasiness in people that spear points or even a machete blades don't. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely agree. That's exactly what I designed. Yeah. Only I, on mine, I did not put a brass guard. Um, I actually like a like a brass back bowie would be kind of cool, but I don't know if they'll go that far. I still think that I th I still think that what's going to happen is he's going to end up with a he's going to start the show with a with a some kind of a hunting knife, which he will use to defend himself in some briefly some some brief way. That'll that'll be the start of the war. Then he's going to go to his war chest, and he's going to pull out his whatever it is, the magic Bowie knife or whatever. It might even be the original First Blood knife again. I hope uh, not. I or a, or a more modern version of that without yeah, a hollow handle or something, you know, maybe. This, this is kind of what I was thinking of. And then, like, you know, that first confrontation, it'd be easy to set up because I've, I've poked around in that desert down there. Yeah. And it's, like... It's pretty intense. You know, it could be there. it could be the storyline goes something like this. He, he he when he goes up to get his job, he doesn't want anybody to see his big trunk of weaponry, so he buries it in the desert. It caches it. He caches it in yeah. the desert, yeah. And then after the you know, he probably kills a guy with a nut with a small knife and then he gets the shit knocked out of him. Yeah. So he's barely alive when he gets back to his cache. Digs up his, like, it's like Popeye with his spinach or... Yeah. Well, because, and, and it's totally a realistic scenario because if you talk to the guys, and I have talked to the guys that actually own ranches, like down in the Ironwood National Monument and, mm -hmm. and south like that, uh, drug smugglers and stuff, they'll come home and they'll be like drug smugglers, like sitting in their house. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and they're getting shot at all the time and all this stuff. So it it's completely and entirely realistic that he would take a job with one of these guys to round up the cattle, just a temporary job. Yeah, and end up fighting the war. Yeah, because they come back and, 
you know, the drug smugglers come through and all this, and he defends himself but gets hurt enough and then goes out to his cash. And yep, his yep, stuff. yep. So I, I do think he's – I, I want to see it modernized. I don't want to see a, a Rambo knife that I've already seen. Yeah. Like – and then, uh, so Anthony also writes, also, I'd like to know if either one of you guys have handled, used the reissue of the K-Bar Mark I knife. I just received mine today, and it, and it feels great in the hand. And for a cheap production knife, the fit and finish is great in my example. I picked up a crate and handle version on Amazon for 43 bucks. There's a stacked leather handle version for about 20 more. Mm-hmm. USA made, full flat grind, carbon steel blade, with a stick tang that goes all the way to the pommel, and it's pinned there as well. The guard is greatly reduced in comparison to the other military knives. I've even, and it even incorporates flat areas for your thumb to rest on while doing detail work. Something I know Kyle has mentioned liking. Yeah, I've gone down the road with full tang skinny slab handled knives, and they just never felt right after about 60 seconds of use. <clears throat> with glove, gloves on, forget it. I don't often buy knives. But between the price and design, this Mark One, I had to try it. I agree with all of his sentiments. I think that the, you know, the flat slab, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, like tactical knives, mm-hmm. they have they have people that are big fans of those, and you know, they have an aesthetic that people like. Um, it's not for me mm-hmm. because trying to use those for any kind of a Big task is uh, problematic. In the in the in the knife tray. What am I looking? The puko there, the one with the shiny back on it. Oh yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I agree. I you're never gonna find me buying one of those knives with the uncomfortable handle just because it looks a certain way. And I don't care if I have to pay more for a real knife. All right. Like I I just don't give a shit about your flat slab knife <laughs> like it's over it's over johnny it's over johnny it's over nothing is over <laughs> it's over that's funny but uh if if but it is it is true i mean the knife has got to the your interface with the knife has got to work yeah yep and and if if some of these big slab handled knives don't fit your hand with the shit and they've got big sharp edges on them everywhere mm-hmm. and and uh, when you when you're doing heavy work with a flat handled knife your hand doesn't have anything to grip onto so what happens is the back of the handle digs into your first web space mm-hmm. and if you do real work with that knife you are gonna feel it you're gonna get hot spots blisters yeah, terrible yeah and so that's why I, I moved away from those and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that K bar mark one it's mm-hmm. an awesome knife it's a proven I mean, how long ago did they make that? Long time. Yeah. It's a proven platform. It works. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it, and I officially endorse it. I <laughs> like them out See, we- Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. We've, we've been... Uh, I've always thought that the full tang... The full tang knife solved a problem that really didn't exist. They're easier to manufacture. Yes, um, a lot easier. Yeah, for for me anyway. Yeah, I think I think that that's a lot of it because 
you know, get back in the days when, when guys were really, you know, using their knives quite a bit. I mean, they, they all had stick tanks, and you didn't hear about them breaking shit all the time. You know, but there's this notion that, you know, that they that they're very very fragile. You know, and yeah, and it it also kind of depends on how they're made and how they're tempered at that point between the stick and the uh, ricasso of the knife. I mean, it depends on a lot of things. I I still for my own personal stuff, a lot of times prefer a full tang knife, but there's nothing wrong with a stick tang if the maker knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely well, you look nothing. At, you look at uh, all of the, all of the Marvel's knives that were sold over the years. You look at all the Randall knives that were sold over through the years. Um, K bars, how many K bars? Have yeah. Millions and millions, and millions and millions of them. And there's nothing wrong with them. You know, the old, the old, um, um, the old Navy Mark one, was was a very very good knife. The Jet Pilot Survival knife, very good knife. Mm-hmm. Stick tang, you know. Can you break them? Sure, you can break anything. Just don't be a dumbass. Yeah, and that's and that's been the whole point. It's like, well, if you want to take your knife out and just be a dumbass about it, then probably ought to. I mean, you could break your stick tang, your full tang knife too. Yeah, people do. Yeah, <clears throat> you know. Um, I mean, you gotta you gotta intentionally do that. I mean, that's yeah. the that's always been the thing that you know you would never treat your tools that way. No. You know, it's like it's like having a snap-on tool, having a snap-on ratchet wrench, and then banging it with a hammer on yeah. the socket. You know, when when trying to use it as a breaker bar, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, I, but again, I'm not I'm not bashing full tang knives. No. And a lot of a lot of the stuff that I produce is full tang, and I I like it. Well, a lot of times it the, looks good too, and yeah. if they're done right, they're very comfortable in your hands. Yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. a, a a full tang knife, but a full tang with a flat slab handle is no. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. What else do we know? I got this new piece the other day. Yeah, so we should talk about this. I'm actually shocked and awed. And, <laughs> but first, before we I'm talk gonna, about I'm that, Instagram this. I, okay, yeah, I want to. I want to introduce this topic um, by mentioning Todd Beg knives. Uh, he um, makes. A folder, a very famous folder called the Bodega, but he also makes uh, fixed blades. And his fixed ba- blades are really striking looking. And, you know, so I went and I kind of looked at what it would take me to produce something like that. Mm-hmm. And the the thing I would have to do would be to, to get um, some sort of a mill and step up my production that way. Because uh, he's got milled features on those knives that I... I don't have the ability to put in with a grinder. And, uh, you know, so, so if, if I were to be able to get a mill, I could add some, some new visual features to my knives that, that he's able to do. And then also, if you have a mill, you could theoretically make a folder if you, you know, were so inclined, which I'm not at the moment. Why um, not? You should make a folder. I don't understand them well enough to make one. And I, I don't think a lot of people do, um, at least to make one that's good. Um, but I think one of the things that I'm going to add in the next couple years is a really good mill um, so that I can start adding some features in um, that, that you can't do with just a grinder. And I think that's, if you look at the guys that are making the really good, uh, really striking looking fixed blades now, 
uh, you're going to find milled features in it like Todd Begg does. The other thing is uh, Bark River <laughs> has gone to using uh, a lot of milled features on their knives. And that's just been in the last year or so, I think. Um, but there's this knife that I have in my hand now. Um, what's this called? I think it's they just call it the Scandi. Right, and so it's it's this Puko-styled knife that uh, they just released, and I, I've got in my hand, it's Jim's, but um, it's a uh, first production run um, Scandi. Yeah, it's, it's called the Scandi. Yeah, so it's, it's the Scandi. It's it's the Scandi, and it's retailing at what three thirty nine. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're road price for, is going to be cheaper. Than yeah, that. It, you're going to get it cheaper than that. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you, it is out of all the knives that 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 Bark River has done, I believe that this is their probably the 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 best put together, the finest fit and finish. This is the pinnacle, I yeah, think. And I think so far. And so, so what I was what I was getting at was this this has features on it that I cannot replicate in my knife shop without a mill. And well, you could you could with a file. Yeah, it would take, it would take long forever. Time. And and getting the the pieces to fit perfectly, like he's got spacers in here that are that have milled slots in the spacers, and then they're at odd angles to everything else. Yeah. So unless you have a mill that lets you do that, you're going to spend a lot, a lot of time doing file work and all of this stuff, yep. and it, it's it, it's just not something. And I'm going to tell you, it, it's a beautiful piece. They they executed it extremely well, um, and of course it's in 3V, mm -hmm. and that's going to get used. This is. I think this is the pinnacle of what they've mm -hmm. ever done in that company. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, people may disagree with me, but looking at this from the perspective of someone who makes knives and someone who uses knives, this is it. Mm -hmm. of, of everything they've done, this is... Mm -hmm. uh, and, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece, I'm going to tell you. And one of the things that, that's really neat about it is they used the technology of the mill in a in a way that's not completely obvious so there's not like a big fuller there's not saw teeth on it right but they used it in such a way um, that they're actually utilizing the capabilities without using it as a gimmick yeah and so you know kudos to them I'm I'm really shocked at how awesome that knife is yeah I was all you know this is the first time I'd handled it but last night <laughs> I picked it up and it was just gorgeous. Yeah, um, this is going to be a hard one to compete with um, for uh, for them. You know, yeah. moving, moving forward. I mean, I don't, I don't. You know, if they can continue to to do incorporate the milled stuff like they're doing on that, yeah, but not have it be gaudy and obvious, yeah. then well, this is this is as this is as fine as most custom knife makers make. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, yeah. truly is. You, it, it's virtually flawless um, in execution. And when you say you talk about the compound angles in a segmented in a segmented handle like this, that is the most difficult thing to do for Forget a knife maker. Yeah, for it's, anybody. It's for, extremely difficult yep, to, yep. to execute that and have it all all come out and perfect. The, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's literally perfect. I mean, there's no, there's no gaps. There's no filler. There's no nothing. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely, incredible. it's absolutely perfect. Yep. Um, the, now I will say one thing, um, I would make a plea, 
and I know what you're I've already say. I've already talked to Mike about this, and he's already said no. But if <laughs> if I were to change one thing to put this into the beyond custom realm, I would solder the the front yeah. um, spacer on with yeah. silver solder. But he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. But, well, it's, it but, adds another step, and it would be more costly. And, yeah, and then you I mean, could, as you it could, is, it's, and who's ever putting it on there has to know what they're doing yeah. so that they don't ruin yeah. the temper and yeah. you know. But it's it's beautiful. So anyway, that's. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very nice looking knife. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do I know, knife wise? I mean, I'd almost like to have a have a uh, um, a Scandi style sheath built for it. One of the tubular type sheaths for it. I mean, this would be a good knife to be one of those that you hang in your neck, like in a neck. Yeah, I mean, I think that that when you know, if people can get their hands on these, I think. Um, you know, I, I can't get one, but because they're all gone, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, they're all gone, and there's no more. But I and I, I don't know if they're gonna. I'm sure that they'll probably make these again after this. This project has been several years in the making. I mean, it literally, Mike and I have talked about this. I I, I want to say five years ago. He's had this drawing in his head that he wanted to do this, and. Uh, and it was a matter of putting the putting together the the milling capabilities to do it. Yeah. And because, uh, again, because there's no way, right? Given yeah. given their old production methods, where you start and then you it runs through an assembly line yep. of grinders, you can't do that mm -hmm. and come up with something like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I I uh, I think a tube sheath would be would be fitting for that knife. Yeah, right. and then you know the the big problem with with uh, any knife is getting somebody to make you a sheath for right. it or making it yourself and right but as it as it comes it's gorgeous like I'd, I'd like one of those actually that's you know I don't I don't buy many fixed blades anymore but that's that's one that I think is worth it um, let's see hipsters uh, I found this website called diehipster.com. It's like awesome. Um, and uh, die hipster, die hipster, and it's this, this guy from Brooklyn where all these hipsters are invading. That's pissed because they drive up the rents and they they make it. You know, they have all this crap in your neighborhood, like community art centers and all this. And so he's he's real bitter about it. Uh, and every uh, Every once in a while, he has what's called a uh, uh, hipster beating. Today's hipster beating, and he talks <laughs> about like how he like takes. You know, it's it's a joke. It's clearly written as a satire. But he's like, today I saw Caleb and uh, Bryce walking down the street with their celery physiques, and one of them had a <laughs> board in his hand that he was going to use for some art project. So I took the board and beat both of them senseless. Then I dragged their carcasses out into the street where it was run over by, <laughs> you know, like, and then it's always like, end of story, <laughs> you know, like, and he, he does like news articles and all this stuff, but, uh, it's a funny phenomenon. I, it yeah. really is when it comes right down to it. It's a funny phenomenon. It's the same people that were back when I was a kid, they were the same people that were hippies. Yeah. 
I mean, well, and you've you've actually got a lot of hipsters up here. I mean, oh, Traverse see, City is full of them. Yeah, you see guys walking down the street that have like a celery physique. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the little chapstick arms mm-hmm. and like a beard and all this. And you're like, just stop trying so hard. Tra- Traverse City has a lot of a lot of. I think it's an artsy community. I think that's why that's what does it. A lot of um, Petoskey has a few, not near as many as Traverse. Um, what's interesting is everybody else can kind of take advantage of the things that they like because they do like good stuff. Yeah, th- I mean th- that's the they that's have good the, taste. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah. that's the uh, the funny side to the whole thing. We get pissed off because they like the stuff that we like. Yeah. And the food that we like, and the alcohol that we like, and and it drives the price up. Mm-hmm. And bastards, right? Well, and then <laughs> like the whole point is, is like these are people that they they have like these jobs at a coffee thing, and somehow they're able to drive the price of everything else up. And the reason they are is their parents are sending them money. Yeah. So or they're a trust fund kid, right? So you're getting this like huge infusion of cash into your area. That drives the price up, and it's not because people are coming to your area and actually working and making the place better. So right. that's that's why this guy's so pissed. Well, on there, I, you know how like uh, in olden times and even today, uh, before troops are going to go into battle, they'll play some music and they'll get all riled oh, up, yeah. like yep, Metallica, yep, 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 yep. Or, or back in World War II, the Germans always played Wagner and yep. all this. Well, yep. I have the perfect song that will drive people into a murderous rage <laughs> and it's uh and i'm gonna play it because you people just love annoying music <laughs> um, but uh okay let's listen well you combat boots in the summer subway train rolling under sea Okay, so basically, what's annoying? I can only play it for like a few seconds, and it, it makes me want to go out with a machine gun and start mowing stuff down. So I think they should use that as bad up music. And the, the annoying thing is the voice. What is the song? I don't even want to. I don't want to give this person any plugs, but they, they hear it. So it's like this. They the problem is is like they all move to like Brooklyn or whatever, and they all fancy themselves artists, but they have no talent. So they have to like fake shit, like they'll they'll like take and take their bike and like knit a bunch of yarn around it, <laughs> and like that's somehow art. Or like they're like I'm a mixed media artist, which basically means old buttons, macaroni, and yarn, <laughs> like a collage, like your kindergartner would make. And they all like cluster what together. Does. Yeah, they they all like cluster together, and like all of a sudden, like they they ooh, that's so deep, man. Ooh, well. <laughs> There's a, there's this trend in female vocals now that that is born out of that. Like it takes absolutely no talent to sing this way, but they all sing that way because like you can kind of make it sound like, and that that's basically this song. I mean it's, it's horrible. It sends. They need to play that for our troops, and they will get so mad that they will mow down everything. Like. That's funny. <laughs> they get so annoyed that they'll do anything to stop it. There was a um, – I'll, I'll go into this after a bit. There was a, a – I got up early this morning and I was watching a thing on Netflix called 180 Degrees. Okay. 
and it was about the founder of Patagonia going to Patagonia. Right. When he was a kid. When he's 1968, they got in a van and they they were surfboard people and mountain climbers. And, and uh, they got in a van and they drove the Pan American Highway. Yeah. Which yeah. up until recently was dirt. <laughs> 1968, <laughs> it was all dirt. Yeah. And, uh, and they left, I think, from California anyways and went down there. But So the, through the whole show, and I, I'm about halfway through it, but so far through the whole show, they're playing like 1960s hippie folk music. Oh God! <laughs> and, and it's it, and it's interesting. It's actually an interesting story because this this, this other guy is kind of recreating the, the the trip. Only he's doing it. He's not going on the Pan American Highway. He's going by boat, by sailboat. And so, and he's never been on a sailboat before. So he's seasick and he oh, can't he, sleep. It's, I it's hope funny. He got his throw up all up in his beard. Yeah, it was, it was, it's pretty it funny. But get, if you get a chance, watch it. It's 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 worth you know. It's worth watching. It's not a waste of time because some of the scenery is beautiful, you know, and, and uh, there, there's some pretty good surf scenes in it because they're, surf, they're surfing and there's pretty good mountaineering, mountaineering scenes uh, in it. Uh, one of the guys in it was the first guy to, to climb the north, the American face of El Capitan. Okay. And uh, so it's, it's interesting, but the music in it is kind of funny because it is literally the 1960s. Exactly. Only it's stuff that I didn't recognize. It's, it's songs that I didn't recognize. So it's they're so obscure that you wouldn't even recognize who's even singing them. Yeah, they liked it. Joni Mitchell or mainstream. <laughs> yeah. No, there's some really good Joni Mitchell stuff. Yeah. Um, but the reason, okay, people, this is an inside music industry secret, and you didn't hear it here. Okay, so like, if you say this, like people are gonna totally freak out on you. But Joni Mitchell. The reason she and was she good. Was what was that? <laughs> that's my, that's my computer telling me what time it is. Okay, well, Joni Mitchell made fabulous music. Like mm -hmm. the the album Court and Spark is amazing. Like I can listen to that over and over and over again. But the reason it's so good is she was sleeping with David Geffen, and at the time David Geffen knew every musician. So on that album you have Pat Metheny on guitar. You have these monster players. And she would write all this shitty poetry and uh, didn't know anything about music. Wrote, wrote these sh the shitty poetry that doesn't fit over music. And these guys were so clever and so good at their instruments, so good at composing, that they were able to compose songs that she could just blur bleed out whatever the hell was in her head. And just follow the, and follow the tune. Right, and, the, and they would add like an odd measure here and there, and they'd be able to, they were so clever at making transitions between this nonsensical BS lyrics. Joni Mitchell's, that album is good, not because of Joni Mitchell, but because of like Pat Metheny and Chick Corea and all these other people that were in the studio. Speaking of music. Cooper and Motley Crue are doing their farewell tour this year. 
Oh, really? Yeah, they're throwing in the towel at 55. They're older than 55. That's what they said. Well, the youngest guy was 55, must be. But they've been together for like 30 some odd years. Hmm. Yeah, I. So that I was kind of, I got kind of a kick out of that. They were, uh, they were on uh, one of the shows. Believe it or not, folks, they're all pretty conservative. <laughs> I was laughing. They were going to be a problem for them. <laughs> they were on. They were on Fox and Friends, uh-huh. and so it was. It was kind of comical because it looked to me like they were. You know, I mean, why would you choose that station when you could have CBS or? I mean, Dallas Cooper is a pretty. Big nobody name, watches you know? anything else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's I know. Why. I know. But that was uh, that was kind of funny. They they had a, they had the whole crew on the couch and they were all talking about, you know. How many drugs they did, shit like that, when they were younger. It's terrible behavior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we know? Um, well, we've turned the corner for winter, I think. Uh, I think you're still, I think you're going to be surprised. I think you've still got February to go. Yeah, but it's still only a month. Four weeks. Four short weeks. And then we're into March. Yeah, but March up here, you still get feet of snow. I don't think you're, I think you're optimistic. <laughs> we had snow last year in May. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago. Well, don't, don't take the air out of my bubble, my God. My, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to have something to look forward to. Right. So, there's, you know, we, uh, we were looking at some knives last night. Uh, of course, what I brought on vacation is my, like, kind of user knife is a Victorinox Spartan which I've used up here for different things, opening bottles and whatnot. Uh, and then I brought up my 710 to compare to Jim's because I thought that... They were different. I thought they were different, and it turns out they're not. They're identical. Uh, and then I brought um, the uh, Jerry Hom Prodigy Trainer, and I brought uh, 940. And, uh, 940. And earlier, that's what I was playing with was 940. I was yeah. snapping it. Kyle Blue Gasket. And then he, he showed me the uh, 705, which I hadn't seen before. But that's a nice little knife. Oh, yeah. that's I think that one was called the sequel. I think that was the second version of it because the original 705 had um, the micarta scales okay. or the G10 scales, just like the 710. Okay. Uh, and that one, I think, has got aluminum. Yeah. Aluminum scales. That 705 is kind of a neat little knife. Yeah. Yep. That was my dad's favorite. Yep. As an update on the uh, Hom Prodigy Trainer, I'm figuring out some things about these uh, butterfly knives because I'm trying to learn tricks and stuff like this and be able to do different things. And uh, the way this works is uh, they you see these guys doing these big, huge, long flurries of activity. And I'm going to show Jim one here after a bit. <laughs> not, not me being able to do it, but this guy. And there's only... There's what they're doing is they're linking together different moves, and as you learn different tricks, you learn like how to roll it over your index finger, how to roll it over your thumb, and so you can after you learn a whole bunch of different moves, you can string them together, uh, kind of an ad lib depending on which position the knife is in in your hand and all these sorts of things. But uh, you know if you try to if you try to just repeat this big. Um, trick that this guy does without knowing all the little basic building blocks it'd be really hard and uh, I like the uh, 
I like it because it's a lot like drumming. Mm -hmm. um, you the the individual moves in drumming to to be able to play a lot of stuff is rudiments, and so they're they you know if you if you learn the little basic rudiments of the uh, of butter butterfly knives, I think you know you you progress, and so I'm I'm, I'm always kind of looking out for tricks that incorporate some new move that I don't know how to do that. And maybe ends with the knife in a different position or or stuff like this and neat stuff. But uh, I'm I'm pretty deeply obsessing about these things now. <laughs> I ordered a uh, Benchmade 51 because uh, there's the Alpha Beast is nowhere to be found and there's a Tachyon too that's supposed to be good but you just I mean they're just not readily available and I'd like to buy a Jerry Hom. Uh, like replicant or specter or something like that but again they're just not available so and one of the other highly recommended knives is the you know for somebody that's at more of a beginner stage that flipping them around is the benchmade 51 so i ordered one of those um interestingly i looked on knife ship free and on dtl uh trading or, mm -hmm. um they don't carry bell songs Either one of them? I, the I looked. I, I searched for Butterfly and I searched for Balasong and I looked through all their offerings. I could not find them. They may very well carry them, but huh. and so I went there first to try to find them and and they weren't. They didn't have any, or at least it was so difficult to find that I couldn't find them. Huh. And uh, so then, if you look on, I have to ask them and see if they if they actually carry them or if there was a reason why they're not selling them. Probably because they don't. Not many people are. It's a very small market, as I understand it. And uh, but the uh, if you look on Blade HQ, they have like right on the front front page a link to Bella songs, and yeah. you can go in there and buy. Like so, that's that's where I've been buying this stuff is Blade HQ. But um, oh, I gotta sh I gotta show you this video. So on Instagram, uh, our uh, illustrious field correspondent extraordinaire scurvy 92 tagged me in this in this video um, by this guy's first name well his his username is silent underscore j908 he tagged me in this video of this guy doing this butterfly knife stuff that's just insane do you I, I just saw a bit a bit of that just uh -huh. now do you think that they speeded that up a little bit no that's that's actual that's actual speed but but basically what he's doing is he's he's rolling he's basically doing a whole bunch of different movements <clears throat> that are strung together he's just really really good at it um hmm. so yeah and that's so, pretty amazing yeah so if you if you guys are on instagram check out this silent underscore j908 and there's that's that's basically what I'm talking about. He's just rolling it over the index, and he's he's able to do that because he understands all the building blocks of that. He's and going over his thumb. Yeah, yeah, his finger and, it, and his index. Go back over his thumb and index finger, and he he whips it around, and he does a lot of these things that are all individually easy to execute. But um, he's just really good at it. And he's what is it what is really Benchmate's well. trainer? Oh, they they have a trainer. I think it's like the sixty two trainer or something like that. Um, uh, but you, they still have, uh, these Jerry Hom trainers available on, uh, Blade HQ. And, uh, I'm very, very happy with this site. It has not left, 
my pocket or my hand since I bought it. Like it's always on me. Um, let's see, what else do I know? Uh, oh, um, remember a couple episodes ago that hipster wrote in for like, uh, you know, he looks like the, the prince from Braveheart. Yeah. Uh, he wanted some muscle building. Yeah. And you remember I said that the reason I stay fit is not because I'm trying to be like Mr. Muscle Man. It's because uh, I get asked to do stuff and I want to be ready. Well, again, like two days after I said that, I got asked to go on another thing. So, you know, if I'd been sitting on my butt, like doing nothing, like... You like know, Jim does. Well, like... <laughs> No, you do you do stuff, but you know that's that's kind of the point is you you uh, you stay active, stay active and stay fit, so that when you need to do something that's more than yep. more than the traditional typical thing, you know you're ready to go. I don't know much else. What do you know? Can that be correct? What? Wholesale Classic BM sixty two trainer Balasong D two butterfly practice knife. Seventeen to nineteen dollars. I don't know. That that's not the price. Those are like one hundred and eighty-five dollars. So what is this? A, a knockoff? I don't know. Wow. Where are you looking? eBay or something? No, it's on. Uh, I just googled uh, um, BM sixty-two trainer, and it's something dhgate.com. I don't know what that is. Hmm. I don't know. I, I I think I oh it's at oh you know what this is uh this is these are uh, knockoffs yeah this is a freaking knockoff site fuck yeah. you knockoff site right so <coughs> I don't know Blade HQ it's got them yeah they have a oh it's interesting they they theirs is red yeah so that you don't scare sheeple and stuff and there's no point on it two thirty eight yeah. yeah. So they're they're pretty pricey. So that's that's the same price as that one. Yeah, I, I mean the, the, there may be a slight difference in the price between the Ham and the Benchmade, but um, everybody on Jersey Devil, like if you, if you want to learn about Balasong knives or if you have a question, um, just go on there and read. Um, I caution you about posting there <laughs> because. It's a pretty crazy place, but they have a lot of knowledge, and you can you can read and kind of see what people are up to and what. And I think they're probably the source of that's where all the crazies hang out that are just insane about butterflies, and I think they it's a good source of information. Bear makes one too. Yeah, the bear ones are. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but I think. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I, I just don't know enough about them. What's that going for? What is that? That's 62. Yeah. So the Benchmade 62 is going for $301. On wow. that. I mean, they're pricey, you know, and they don't make a huge, huge number of them. But a lot of the battle songs, like if you bought an Alpha Beast or if you bought some of these other knives, you can, you'll enjoy having them. And you will always get your money out of them because they're such a scarce commodity, you know. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. Anyway. I've never, I, for some reason, I've never thought of them as real knives. 
I don't either. I think of it as a toy. <clears throat> like it's like. Uh, but it's but it's actually they are very good knives. Oh yeah, there's there's you know and, and for a folding knife, um, wouldn't for a locking mechanism, wouldn't you say that that's pretty strong? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because how are you gonna? How is actually, that blade gonna collapse? If you're... actually there was a survival knife that was made like that. Really? Mm -hmm. It wasn't. A, it was not a balisong. It looked just like one, but it was not. It was it was a uh, Heckman survival knife, and it was a folding handle, and the handle folded over the blade like that, and then it unfolded and latched open. Hmm. And it was pinned. To, it was made exactly the same as a balisong. Well, it wasn't made to flip around or nothing. It was. Yeah. And it, and it was very sturdy. I mean. It, yeah. Yeah, it was a Heckman. Yep. Well, what else do you know? Uh, well, we had a State of the Union. We had a State of the Union address. Should we give them the warning? Yeah, you'd probably be better. Okay, people, um, we've talked exclusively about knives. I don't know for how long. Uh, Quite a while, actually. Uh, and, uh, you know, we know you tune in for the knives. Uh, and thanks for listening. You got to hear a crazy intro. Uh, we've been almost talking for almost 50 minutes about knives, and Jim wants to address some political issues, so if you're not into that, why, thanks for listening so far, and if you keep listening, it's your own damn fault. You might be insulted. Yep. So State of the Union, the President stands up there and says, I'm going to give away all this free shit. <laughs> and basically what he said, college is free, everything's free, roads are free, I'm taking the money from the rich and giving it to poor. Playing Robin Hood. So, not so much that that's what he said, I mean... It, but mind you, but by rich, he means 50000 or more. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. His, de his definition of rich is a lot different than what my definition of rich is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... That was kind of expected. A lot of people were predicting that that he would not. He can't. He can't fall off what he is. He can't change. You know, the zebra doesn't change the stripes. So, but the thing that kind of cracked me up was he gave interviews to a lady that has freaking green toxic green lipstick. And gets in a bathtub with milk and Fruit Loops, and she's kind of a kind of a chunkier lady. <laughs> yeah, and she's swimming around in and, milk and Fruit Loops, and that's what she's like. Yeah, known. That's for. what she's known for. And and the president of the United States cheapened the office so much. Well, and he said he gave he, her an interview, and then Netanyahu's coming to the. He's like, I don't have time to. Meet I don't have time to meet with you. Yeah, right. it's like, what? Are you fucking crazy? Well, you know, listen. You, I understand that you need to like reach out to different demographics and stuff, and that, believe me, I understand that YouTube is very powerful because I have a YouTube channel with millions 
with M millions of video views. And so I get that that's where the audience is. But you can't you, – you have to look at it in context. Like when, when we're about to enter World War III – and the president of well, the actually, country... They actually ticked down the countdown clock. Three minutes. Yeah. And, you know, we're about to enter World War III. And, and one of the main countries that's involved in that, their leader wants to meet with you. And you say, I don't have time. And then you go meet with a fat chick that swims around in Fruit Loops. Come on, dude. Like, you're... And then he gets all mad because Boehner said, uh, no... Come over. You can address Congress, and we'll we'll talk to you. Yeah. And, and Obama was mad because he just wanted to completely snub Netanyahu. Yeah. Yeah. And talk to the fruit he, chick, and, and the rest of the country wasn't having it. So he threw a temper tantrum. So so the whole Middle East is in absolute turmoil right now because of because of uh, we've we've turned loose the leaders of Al Qaeda, and we've shoved them into Yemen. And from there, they've branched out, and they've they've they're basically putting together the alliance that's going to try to take over the world oh. with with Iran's help. Yeah, they've they've are... taken control of a lot of Iraq. They've taken control of uh, a lot of Syria. They've taken control of. I mean, you just name it. They they're 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 just they're like a disease, and they're they're throwing people off. They threw a bunch of teenagers off a building the other day because they were watching uh, they were watching soccer on TV. Yeah. You know, and if you've ever been to the Middle East, soccer is a big deal. I mean, they all watch it there. Football. Yeah. Their football. Oh, speaking of football, then you have Deflategate. <laughs> oh, who cares? <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing because they were all talking about, you know, holding each other's balls and scrubbing each other's balls. <laughs> I, and I always thought they always had the same ball. I always thought it was like like the the home team supplied the balls, and they all played with the same balls. But apparently not. Each quarterback has to hold his own balls. It's so stupid. I just don't care about sports balls. Sometimes really he holds the center's balls. It's just crazy. <laughs> like who gives a shit? Like I was I, I was care. so laughing. I was like, you know, they they scrub them up with paper. They scrub their balls up with paper. You know, and then they, you know, they feel them. They, you know, make sure that they're the proper texture, and they make sure that they're the proper inflation. It's just stupid. Like whoever has time to waste on that, well, they make a lot of money. More. I mean, somebody said that to me the other day. It's like, well, that's their livelihood. When you you would think that he would know exactly what that ball weighs and what exactly what that ball does, and da 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 da. And I was like, like you know, I understand that, but. You know, I mean, they get. I mean, really, they get twelve balls each. Mm. Well, and then you know, like, why is anybody watching it at this point? I don't know. Well, it's it's because NASCAR's dying. I don't know. I don't hey, know. it's drama. It's stupid. <laughs> it's big dollars. I mean, it's huge money. You talk about the the gambling portion of it. It's a Brazilian dollar business. I mean, it's amazing how much money they that 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 goes into it. And yeah. I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's one of those things. I guess the big Super Bowl's coming up next weekend. So. Oh, is it? I didn't know. Yeah, the stupid bowl. <laughs> and they they have some I, they have some singer that I guess is not real popular that's going to sing there, and everybody's pissed off about it. You think it's that 
lady from uh, Brooklyn that we played earlier with the annoying <laughs> voice. That makes, if they play, if, if she sings anywhere, there's a riot afterwards because it will annoy people so bad. I seriously think that's awesome combat music because you're going to get so pissed. That's but, pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But I know, I know that uh, I know that that whole thing is big business and. And uh, that's why it's, and it's a distraction. It's a distraction for most of the population is so in tune with that that they can't pay attention to what's happening happening in the, the lead up to the Third World War. Yeah. Instead, we, we have a president that talks to a fat chick who swims around in Fruit Loops in a bathroom. Did you see any portion of that video? I mean, I saw it on the news. I saw it on the news. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, number one, you shouldn't be in a swimsuit. Number two... Like, she barely fits in the bathtub. They only put a, like a drop of milk in there, and she got in and it overflowed. The yeah, tub. it was like crazy. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, and this is the person that the president talks to instead of the president of another country because he doesn't have time to talk to him. He well, can talk to a fat chick that swims in Fruit Loops. God. Yep. 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 And now they're now they're talking about the the big terminology now is. Uh, assimilation you know all of the now we're all worried about the uh all the immigrants aren't assimilating american culture but you think <laughs> what 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 brought your eyes to that they people started looking at france now and it's like france <clears throat> france opened up all the the uh the social programs you know because they were they were basically a dying country they, they were growing old and they it was you know was a comp it was a country that uh you know Families had one perfect child, and the population was dwindling. And so what ended up happening, they opened up their arms to the immigrants and gave all of these really fancy social programs, and all of a sudden you had like an assload of Muslims moving into France, taking it over, and now they're re rebelling against the French. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this is our country now. Yeah, this is our country now. We're not French. This is... Yeah, you know, and um, and and all of a sudden there's it's like this epiphany that this is going on, and it's and people it's going on in your country too. If you hadn't noticed, yeah. you know, you've got all these people coming to our country, and they want us to change. Guess what? You go to Lowe's, there's fucking Spanish writing on the fucking signs. Are you kidding me? Really? You don't know what entrance is? <laughs> you know, you got to have it in you got to have it in Spanish. What is wrong with you? Well, at any rate, it's uh, it's getting to be that time. Yeah. What do you know? Anything Ranting. else? No, my blood pressure's up now, so. <laughs> my blood pressure is up. Uh, so have they decided that? Have they decided what they're going to do about Detroit? Oh, um, actually, I think Detroit <coughs> made some kind of a. Uh, a turn um, just recently. They, the state is uh, is the the management is taking seems to be taking care of the state. I mean, we everybody's going to have to kick in and help out a little bit with that. But they went through and I guess they cleaned up the budget. And um, you watch, Detroit will be Detroit will come back. Detroit's like one of those old boxers that's that you think he's fighting his last fight and it's like Rocky too. I think. <laughs> I still think they're well deep in Palookaville. Yeah. The the problem is 
it's the people. Yeah. All right. Well, a lot of people ran left. The, it's it's who ran the the city for yeah since the 1950s until now. Yeah. And those people are still there. And if if you held a vote, um, they would vote the same people in again. Yeah. You know. Well, they 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 put a lot of those people in jail. Well, and the only the only reason it's turning around at all is basically the adults have taken over. Yeah. They're like, listen. You know, and and you, I think what's going to end up happening, and I I truly believe this, um, they're eventually going to level whole city blocks, and they're going to give that property to somebody, and somebody's going to go in there and develop it, and have big gated communities or big gated estates. Hmm. I mean, I truly believe it because there's still a, a a fair amount of business that gets done down in oh, Detroit. Yeah. Well, it's in the suburbs, right? And everybody's moved out to the suburbs, and then they make that stupid commute every day. And, you know, now if you take out, you know, whole city blocks in in bad neighborhoods and you level them, all of a sudden there's, you know, there's a possibility that you could own a, two city blocks of property in Detroit and have a big gated compound. Yeah, I, I still think that the problem is, is even if they do that, it's not the blight that's killing Detroit. The blight is a symptom of what's killing Detroit, yeah. which is collectivism. Yeah. So Detroit will, will only prosper as long as the adults are in charge. And as soon as the state takes its thumb off of, of Detroit, it's going to go back to the way it is. You know, like I, I don't think you could you could bulldoze the whole thing and give it away. But if the same people are still in charge there and the, the same mentality of collectivism is still prevalent. Yeah, but do you think that would, I mean, when you make those changes, doesn't that just automatically start weeding the collectivists out? No. Because, I mean, I think when I think when people start realizing that, that uh, you know, I work and I make X number of dollars and you got your hand in my pocket taking half of it and you're not working at all, eventually that gets to the point where you're getting sick and tired of it. Because no matter what happens, it's never enough for them. I mean, if you look at what, if you look at what, um, and you're a bad person for not giving them all of it. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, if you look at what they want to raise the taxes up to, they want in the top bracket, they want it to be like 48 or 49%. And you're already giving that by the time you factor in all the other taxes. Yeah. Right. And right now we're doing like, uh, I think we're doing like 29 or something or 33. Yeah. So, I mean, some, somewhere in that neighborhood. And so, and that's, and people, that's an ass load of money. Yeah. That's a car for a lot of. Every year. Yeah. Every year. Buying a car, a brand new car. Have you priced brand new cars lately? May not be a, you know, may not be a new Jeep Rubicon, but it's a, it's a freaking uh, Prius. Yeah. And that's, that's basically what the government is sucking out of the economy. Mm -hmm. Because if that money was in your wallet, it, you would have it to spend and actually contribute. To I heard a economy. number the other day that was, it's freaking floored me. And it was the U.S. government is 25% of the U.S. economy. That's a huge number, people. That's a huge number. Yeah. That means that like 5% of the population is giving away 25% of the economy to the government. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you put if you put it in perspective because you know what? If you're making $50,000 a year, you ain't paying shit. Yeah, you don't pay very much. Except that you may not pay it in income tax, you may not pay it in federal income tax, but 
there are all kinds of other taxes well, that yeah, you're paying. But, it, but, but that's irrelevant. I mean, federal income tax is a huge number. Yeah. And so if you're making, if you make 50 grand a year, you probably pay maybe 8%. Yeah, six percent, something like that. I mean, you're not making, and that's why the flat tax is so uh, is so appealing to people because if you talk about spending a nine percent or an eleven percent flat tax on everybody with no deductions, there's zero deductions. You just got to pay this much money. That's the way it is, and you don't get any back. You just what you pay is what you pay. Um, and if you want to see something stimulate the economy, that would be it. Well, geez, if you, if, you know, again, if you're taking a 30% hit and, and again, you're just talking income tax, you're yes, not talking, I'm not talking about all the other, else. I mean, you've got payroll taxes, you've got, uh, you have FICA to, and you got, you've got, um, your gas tax is mm -hmm. a tax, your property tax is a tax mm -hmm. to register your vehicles is a tax. Snowmobiles in Michigan right now, you have to pay, you have to register your snowmobile costs 35 bucks for three years. Then every year you have to buy a trail permit that right now costs $45 a fucking year. Jeez. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right, but but so then... But so then, that's another tax, and you don't see where the hell that money goes to. Well, it's a user's fee. It's, yeah. You know, that's that's different. I'd support something like that because if I don't use the snowmobile, I'm not paying that tax. Right. Whereas like something like the income tax, I don't get any benefits Well, back. that was the other thing, too, is they said that... Um, the higher tax bracket, and they, for one thing, they were saying that um, income tax is the worst investment that you will ever make because your return on your investment is next to nothing because the people that, that don't pay anything get the most benefit. Yeah. That's, that was the, the, you know, people that pay, you know, uh, in, if they're in a 38% tax bracket, means 38% of their income goes to the federal government. They uh, they don't get anything in return. No. Nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you we get shitty roads in return. Right. We don't we don't get any government services that right. aren't covered for by users' fees. Right. So you know, you say, well, you use the roads. Yeah, yeah I roads. used I pay I pay registration for my car. I pay the gas tax. Yep. I pay for that in other ways than, than yep. you confiscating half of my income. Yep. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But if you're if you don't pay anything, yeah, you're all in favor because you're just getting the Gibbs me that yep. all day long. Yep. And they give you you know all the your little your little perks and stuff. Obama phones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have an Obama. Now phone. free college. <laughs> yeah, free college. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I about fell over when I heard that too. I was like, when he said it, I was like, and we want to lower the cost of college. He's like, to we nothing. The, we want the first two years to be free. Okay, then what you need to do is get your college professor buddies to go and teach for free, shithead. <laughs> because otherwise, it's not free. That means basically what you're saying is you want me to pay for it. That's right. And then you want to take the credit for being the good guy. Yeah, that's right. You know, for taking money from me and just giving it away. There is no such thing as free. Now, if, if you're a college professor and you're listening and you're pulling your hair out because you think, you know, everything should be free, go ahead and do it. Go free. ahead and volunteer to teach for free for two okay, years. Okay, so, so this is really going to piss off the college professors. This is what I grew up in. Those who can, do. Those who can't, teach. 
Okay, well, people, it's been a great day. Uh, I think we've ranted enough. <laughs> got, got, got anything else you want to say? No, no, no. That was good enough. That'll 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 raise some hackles on some people. It's going to raise a lot of hackles on a lot of people. We have a lot of teachers that listen here. We do. If, and if, I'm not talking about elementary school teachers. No, 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 no. I'm talking no. about college professors. We have those, but we also have people that fancy themselves teachers of other things. Oh, yeah. Well. So at any rate, um, yeah. Well, oh well. Well, I think that's it. How do people find us? Uh, Facebook, like us on Facebook, podcast, uh, Night Journal podcast. You can send us emails, which we will read if you they're not too that, nasty. you got to find that letter from our Yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's in my bedroom. I, it's it's actually a nice letter. Yeah, our um, man in the field sent him an actual paper letter. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And, um, uh, okay, so like us on Facebook, uh, send us emails at... Uh, podcast at knifejournal.com join our forums at, at knifejournal.com and uh, you know send Kyle a text message on his phone number of oh wait <laughs> <laughs> no um, but you can but you can friend us on Facebook um, I'm James Noka and, and Kyle is KR Versteg yep. and usually if you're not if you're if you're kind of cute we'll we'll friend you Jim's speaking for himself. <laughs> See, like if I if somebody sends me a friend request and it has like zero mutual friends, right? Then I'm like, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm just and I'm just yeah. teasing. Um, if if usually if I have somebody that sends me a friend request that is like some foxy looking girl, you know, and it's no a scam. friends, you know, it's a scam. So they're going to spam the crap out of your account. So I don't do that. But um, but yeah, it's we're pretty easy to get. A, Pretty easy to get along with. We have a lot of a uh, lot of interesting uh, interests. So if you look at our Facebook pages, you can see all kinds of stuff. You can see food, and adventures, adventures, and knife making, and and I troll a lot on there. Sometimes you have you have adventures and stupidity. Yeah, <laughs> I, I troll. We should actually we should actually set up a page for that. Adventures and stupidity, and then just post stupid shit in there. <laughs> yeah, people doing stupid stuff. Yeah, people doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Let's see, people for the ethical treatment of animals. It gives you people, PDSS, people doing stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. That's it for this week, guys. We'll we'll catch you in a little bit. Um, don't forget to keep your knife sharp and your friend sharper. Yep. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye.